Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Chris Marler of the Saturday Saturday Uncensored College Football Podcast, and he joins us here on the show once again. And Chris, as always, appreciate you joining us. How you doing, man? I'm, I felt like last time we talked, I, I like just from a comedic standpoint, I missed the light. Just kept talking for like a full minute after you guys were done. So I just want to apologize first and foremost. But it's good to be back, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, you know, we like to put the uh, the Yankee off the stage a little bit quicker and just, uh, you know, if you keep talking, <laughs> you keep talking. But when we're done with you, that's when we're done. So, but no. We, yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. no. That's like we, my relationship, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on, man. Well, obviously, uh, you got a little college football action on week zero. But this weekend, uh, you got pretty much everybody else going at it, and especially in the SEC and some of the games. So just what are you most excited about for this weekend when it comes to all the things for not only SEC football, but just college football in general. Yeah, it's a bias talking right now, but I do think the SEC slate, uh, even though it's not great, um, you know, top to bottom, I think there's a lot of interesting storylines there, maybe more so than any other conference in the country. I mean, like you look at the Pac-12, it's, eh, USC left a lot to be desired last week, and you have one good matchup there, I think, with, with uh, Washington and, and Boise State and some of the history there with the head coach and, and, and all the talent they have come back at uh, at UW. Um, the Big 12, I'm, I'm just so over hearing about Colorado. And I, I, I thought it would be one of these things where you were all pulling for Dion, But I, I don't even know if it's like us pulling against Dion, but I'm just kind of ready for there to be something tangible on the field for us to look at and talk about. Um, obviously, in the SEC, you have a ton of quarterbacks. Um I don't know if I want to even call them battles, but you're going to have a lot of clarification going into this or after this weekend. So what does Bama look like uh, against Tennessee State? What does Carson Beck look like, even though that, that, that won that job? Um, honestly, I mean, there's two, like, probably the biggest games in the country are that South Carolina-UNC game and then Florida State-LSU. And I think that, like, you know, if, if LSU loses that game, I think they can still be in contention. But I'm, I'm in the minority here. I don't think if Florida State loses, they're going to necessarily still be in contention. Because they don't have what LSU has, which is, you know, an SEC schedule in their back pocket that they can they can still get through with 10-11 wins and, and then get the playoffs. So I, I think there's a lot of interesting factors, and you're going to have some contenders possibly get knocked out um, even after this after week one. What do you think of that TCU Colorado game? With TCU being so heavily favored, there's a lot of unknown with the Buffaloes, but TCU being that heavily favored, and they lost a lot. I know. I think it's a really good point because I think it says a lot about Colorado. I mean, Colorado is a team that gave up an average of 53 points per game in their last six games. That is insane to me. I mean, that is beyond outrageous. I mean, that, that is so many points to give up. And, and it's, it's something we've never seen before. It's a complete roster overhaul. It's, it's not like, well, like, you know, one of my big things I love looking at is like the returning production and the returning starters and all that kind of stuff. Because um, you want to see what kind of teams have experience. And in this day and age of the portal, it's not necessarily as important as it might have been as, like a, as a metric going into a season like this year's past. But this is something we've never seen before. I mean, it is an absolute, complete overhaul um, of the roster. And, and, and just, I think it's like, you know, I think they had, at one point, they had like 11 players on the roster from a season ago. Or like, and, and everyone else come in either from a signing class or from the portal. And it's just, it's, it's, that's so much turnover. Um, and a fresh start, probably what you needed when you went one and eleven a year ago. 
Um, outside of that, you know, like TCU is going to be interesting. I wonder what they like what the quarterback position looks like. Because you had Max Duggan obviously there, and he was all everything for them. Um, they got some really good guys in the portal. I mean, they 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 kind of raided Bama's uh, closet. Got like I want to say at least three guys from there. Um, there's a lot to I don't know. There's a lot to like from what they did, obviously, in year one. And how does that transfer in year two? Because as you guys know, like the biggest jump most teams make is from year one to year two. So how does that look like in year two of Sunny Dykes in a league that is pretty evenly balanced, I feel like, and, and, and kind of in danger of cannibalizing itself to get to the playoff. But I, I think TCU wins that game. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet to the 10-foot pole for betting, but I, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Well, a game that's maybe interesting for different reasons is talking about Florida and Utah in that particular game. Utah's number 14 in the country, and uh, it's at their place there in Salt Lake City, but Utah's only favored by four points. I may have been a little bit surprised because, you know, Florida had a weird year last year. Going 6-6, six and six, they lost a lot of players. There's a lot of pressure on Billy Napier. So wh- what do you make of that particular matchup, and how important of a game is this for Billy Napier? Because if, if you lose, that's one thing, but if you get smoked by Utah – and people right. are already a little uneasy about him. That could be uh, a really bad precedent to set early in the season. Did you say the line is down to four? Yeah, four points for Utah. This has been like this is like watching like the stock market. It's like it has been or like GameStop a couple of years ago because like I've been doing radio all day today, and it started out seven and a half, and then it was six and a half, and now in the afternoon it's at four. Um, that's wild. I mean, that, that is wild. And, and I, I will say this, Vegas always knows something. And, and there's this weird thing with Florida right now that's like a tinge of, there's like a tinge of like Bama, like like the swinging pendulum of optimism that's going in favor of Florida, which I don't, I kind of get it for Bama because I think that that roster speaks for itself and Saban's, you know, track record and all that kind of stuff. I don't know where it's coming from as much with Florida. Um, but hey, here's the thing too. This is what we all did last year. I don't think a lot of us thought that the defending Pac-12 champs that had just gone uh, and, and played in a uh, classic Rose Bowl game against, uh, against Ohio State, we didn't think they were going to go down to the swamp and and, uh, and lose to Florida. And Florida, of course, pulls off this incredible win. Um, we weren't giving the Gators a lot of love or a lot of uh, optimism going into that game either. So it could happen. I, I'm I'm kind of in the minority of the fact that like. I don't think it's a huge deal for Napier win or lose unless, like you said, he gets smoked. Because if he gets smoked and you've had all offseason to prepare for this, that's bad. And if Mertz looks bad after he made the claim of of going, you know, like like we we looked at 24 or 26 quarterbacks in the portal and that's the one we wanted, um, that looks bad too. But I, I, I wouldn't put it past Florida's win because, again, they did it a year ago. And here's the thing too, guys. It's been a long offseason. I've been binging a ton of shows. And – Outside of Zach Wilson, everything I know about just the Mormon community in the state of Utah, it's not been a good offseason. There's some really bad documentaries out there, and they, they need a win. They need a win for the whole state. I'll just say it. How do you feel about North Carolina, South Carolina? North Carolina is ranked, and they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country in, in Drake May. And then South Carolina, the way they played at the end of the season, they, there are a lot of expectations for them this year. Yeah, this is one of those things where I like to call this uh, Am I Stupid? Um, because it's a fun game that I love to play um, in really my everyday life, but also especially when it comes to Saturday and betting because, like, you look at the line, it hasn't moved all, all year. Like, all offseason since two and a half in, in favor of UNC. Personally, again, I always say Vegas always knows something, right? They didn't build those massive, massive hotels in the middle of the desert um, off of, like, winner's money. But I will also say 
that I do think that this is like a, a factor of like of a couple of things. That Carolina Blue is really pretty. People know that brand. And they got Drake May, who's going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. So it makes sense to bet on them. They're, you know, they're a team that I think won like nine or ten games a year ago. They were ranked a lot last year. Um, and it's really a good team. I, I didn't know until today, honestly, that that was – they're ranked 17th, uh, five or six spots higher than South Carolina on the 247 team ranking um, – or team roster composite ranking for, for talent uh, eval. I think that when I look at it, I think this is strictly because of Drake May. I mean, you lose Phil Longo, who is your offensive coordinator, who you guys know if you cover the SEC. He's, he's worked wonders every, every single place he's been. He's now up in, uh, in Camp Randall in Wisconsin. He's gone. Um, who's Drake May going to throw the football to? Like, and, and, big, and more than anything, like, who's going to stop Carolina from scoring? Because South Carolina, you know, it wasn't like they were the most potent offense. You know, I love what they did against Tennessee. But that UNC defense was awful. I mean, it was awful. Um, you know, like they they gave up a ton of points all year. I think they ended up averaging over, giving up over like thirty one points per game or around thirty one points per game. I wonder what Spencer Rattler looks like. This is the most long winded answer ever, <laughs> I'm sure. But I think the thing for me with Rattler is in the regular season last year in twelve games, there's only two games where he had more touchdowns than interceptions. He's got to he's got to take the football and not turn the ball over. Um, he doesn't have to play as he did against Tennessee, but if he plays like a fraction of that, I think the South Carolina wins, but they probably win by 10 points. Well, Chris, also with the games in the early part of the week, or at least the early part of the season, sometimes, you know, you have some really good matchups, and sometimes it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, it's a directional school, easy win, whatever it may be. Is there any particular right. team, though, that you're looking at for this weekend of games that you would be like, man, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to a, a non-Power 5 team or could have lost to an FCS opponent Like that's a Power 5 that's not supposed to. Is there a team that you're looking at to be like, man, uh, this, this could happen. They could get upset this week. I mean, who's Rutgers playing? So, I mean, probably <laughs> them. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't even know the schedule. Um, uh, they're playing yeah, Northwestern, I mean, by the way, so that, that oh, could be interesting. <laughs> If that is on, it, listen. I, I don't. I don't like to judge people that gamble on football or in general. I always like to say you're not a degenerate; you're just dedicated. But if you're betting or watching that game, we need to talk. We need to talk. <laughs> and there's some counseling that needs to be had if you are watching Northwestern and Rutgers willingly. That's like a Gitmo, like prisoner. Um, like I feel like 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 what do you call it? Tactic, just like torture tactic. Like, why would you want to watch that game? Yeah. Well, um, it, what's funny too is it's actually at. 11 a.m. Central Time on Sunday on CBS on national television. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to sound bad saying this, but I would much rather be in church than watching that game. Um, <laughs> so, great I, place to be. I, yeah, <laughs> give me the most long-winded sermon ever, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm all there for it. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I think like, and I, I wish I would have done a better job looking some of this stuff up. I, I think that there's I don't know if anyone's on upset alert, and, and I'm I'm kind of going back to the, the SEC here just because it's like my familiar standpoint, I, I wonder if there's going to be what, what the overreaction will be because there will be at least one from the conference, and I wonder if it's something like, you know, did Auburn struggle on offense with UMass, who's, who's a historically bad team the last couple of years? Um, what does that A&M offense look like? I, I, I'm, I'm barely saying this is a joke. One of the things I'm looking forward to most is when they kick off in, in College Station, is, is Jimbo Fisher, just for the, the optics alone, is he going to not have a cheesecake factory-length play, play sheet um, in his hands and, and really turn this thing over to Bobby Petrino? 
um, who, as an Atlanta Falcons fan, I know you guys hate him too. So um, I, I, I wonder what that looks like. I wonder what, what Trino and, and, and Fisher look like in week one. And then obviously the stuff with Alabama, like Middle Tennessee should not be a – they shouldn't be a challenge for them. Um, but I wonder – there's going to be overreactions with the quarterback situation no matter what because next week you have Texas looming uh, in that week two matchup. Speaking of games that uh, we're kind of like, why? On the Labor Day game on Monday, we got Clemson and Duke. Now, couldn't they have given a better game for it to be the feature game and only one game on Labor Day? Clemson, there's interest there, and they're ranked high in the top ten, but playing against Duke. Okay, let me tell you on Duke. Are you ready? Yes, please. I can't. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> no, I, no. So here's, here's the thing about Duke. I, I think it's interesting because a lot of people are going to watch this because Clemson, there's a little bit of that Bama, like, net in there where it's like, oh, you know, they, they kind of fall off. Like, the offense is bad. They got to change the coordinator. How does Garrett Riley look as the new coordinator? He worked wonders last year um, down in Fort Worth. I, I, I think that that's going to be a huge improvement. Like, Klubnik in, in year one is a full-time starter. Um, you know, you have you have Shepard come back at running back. They have one of the better defenses in the in the, the I mean, they've only got a linebacking course in front seven in the entire country, not just the ACC. But Duke, Riley Leonard's a good quarterback. He's like a he's like fifty yards shy of being a three thousand yard passer a year ago. Um, they got a they got a left tackle protecting his blind side that is going to be a first round pick. And I tell you what, the other part of it is, it, I know it's year one, but SEC fans probably remember this name. But you know, Mike Elko, the former DC at A and M, as a first year coach, Duke had nine wins a year ago. Um, I. I'm excited to see what Duke looks like because I think that, like in that game, it could at least be someone that challenges Clemson if Clemson has not progressed like they were supposed to. Because and let's not forget this either. Like that game does sound awful. It sounds awful. Like I don't, I don't know why it's the only game on Monday night. It's not Rutgers Northwestern at least, but I mean, still, it's not great. Um, the, the main thing though is like. If Clemson goes out there and struggles like they did a couple of years ago in the overs, like when they played Tech, like Georgia Tech, and I think they won like it was like a Little League World Series score, it was like fourteen to eight or something stupid. Like if it's something like that, I mean, then then it's entertaining. I, I just don't know if Duke can hang with them for sixty minutes, but I bet you they can hang with them for thirty. Speaking so with Chris Marler of a Saturday Football Uncensored podcast here on Out of Bounds. Now, Chris, just looking at the big game of Florida State and LSU. Uh, you know, LSU, a lot of people love them to win the SEC West at the SEC Media Days. They they weren't picked, but still got a lot of votes there. People are big on Jaden Daniels. You know, they had a nice season last year. and But Florida State was a team that I wasn't too sure about at the beginning of last year, but they finished really strong. So what do you make of this particular matchup, especially the fact that it's in Orlando? Uh, do you think both of these teams have legitimate reasons to believe they're college football playoff contenders? Or do you think that this is going to have a team where one of them is a pretender and uh, the other team's going to take care of business. I, I think that it's going to be a really good game. There, there's not a game I look forward to more to watching this offseason and less to picking this offseason because I do think it, it could go either way. I think it's going to be a phenomenal matchup. It was a great, it was a great ending last year. If you just look at the score and and you know the box score from a year ago, you probably think, oh man, this was one of the best games of the year. It wasn't. If you watch it, I mean, I fell asleep during that game. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it's my job to watch football. And I, in the first weekend, I fell asleep on the couch because it was one of the most boring first halves to a game 
imaginable. 74% of LSU's total yards came in their last three drives. Um, I heard from LSU fans after they started picking up a couple wins under their belt uh, over the next couple weeks. Well, you know, we should have beaten FSU. Like, the reason we didn't do that is we missed that, that extra point. Like, well, not really. I mean, FSU dominated them for, for most of that game. Um, and they were, you know, walking into the end zone to go up 24 or, or what was it? It would have been 31 17 um, with a minute and a half to go. And they fumble on the one yard line going in. And credit to LSU. It's an incredible job. In not only that game to keep fighting, but also in year one to Brian Kelly, I think both of these these teams are contenders for sure. Um, I think it it affects LSU less if they if they win or lose this game than the Florida State, um, because like I said, they have the SEC schedule in their back pocket, and they can still get through there if they lose and have that resume to help them get into the playoffs. That being said, like Florida State is for real. They are for real. I think they win this game. I think they are. They, they are going to be a very good team this year. The offense is going to be great. Um, maybe the deepest skill positions in, in the ACC, if not the country at some spots. you got an offensive line that returns all five starters and 205 combined starts, which is unheard of. And then, oh, by the way, you have a Heisman contender at quarterback. I just think that they are pieced together better, especially on offense, better than LSU is. Um, I, I think Florida State wins that game, which I, I'm sure – now that I said it, I'll probably be wrong just emphatically, but I, I, I like FSU. So based on everything you said there about Florida State, you like Jordan Travis better at quarterback than Jaden Daniels? I, I, the thing is, like, I think they're both really good. Jaden Daniels, he just ho-hum put up like 3,700 yards and a 28-touchdown, three-interception season a year ago, like combined touchdowns, like passing and rushing. The season before, he was he was 10 and 10. Like, I, like, I don't – is he gonna is he gonna put up a twenty eight and three uh Martin did a year ago? I I doubt it. But like he also they returned ten of eleven on offense. They have the talent there to do it. I just think it says a lot it's a lot different to go into a season with in the SEC with the bullseye on your chest. And and I think that that's the situation that LSU has not really had to be in in quite some time. That twenty nineteen season they were it wasn't like they went into the season as like the national championship. We didn't know they were going to be the greatest offense of all time. Um, it's just a lot different to go into a year like that, especially with that that play the game. I would take Jordan Travis. He's also, listen, we just talked about it. He's going to get to play Duke, right? Like, I would much rather play Duke than most of anybody else in the SEC. Well, Chris, before we let you get out of here so you can continue to talk for a minute before we cut you off, um, <laughs> can you uh, go ahead and give us the uh, over-under? Arkansas sitting at six and a half wins this year. You going over, and how much over are you going? Because let's be honest, you're going over. And I, I love Arkansas. There's not a, there's, listen, Sam Pittman is just fat Shane Beamer and vice versa. I love Pittman. I don't know a single person that could not like Pittman. I think he's going over. I do think it's a situation where the ceiling is closer to the floor with this team and that schedule. Um, I hope that the you know the defense is better, obviously, but I got them at seven wins. I could see them getting eight, but I have seven wins for sure. Well, at least there'll be improvement from last season, and I think that's what Razorback fans are hopeful for. Chris Marler of Saturday Football Uncensored. You can follow him on Twitter at Vern Funquist, one of the best Twitter handles there is in college football. Enjoy the weekend of games, man, and I know we'll be catching up with you as the season goes on. Sounds good, guys. Have a great weekend.